Welcome to this week's episode of the AgriBiz Show on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. I'm your host, Rusty Halverson, with a look back at some of this past week's best farm and ranch news headlines. At the North Dakota Livestock Alliance Summit in West Fargo this past week, I talked with Nancy Jo Bateman. She recently retired from her longtime position at the North Dakota Beef Commission. Um, do you play golf? No, I'm horrible at that. I tried it once and it was a disaster. <laughs> so what are you going to do with your time? Well, I, I've kind of jokingly said that I thought the honey-do list was always for the wives, but my husband has a pretty long one, too. And we farm and ranch south of New Salem, and um, I'm kind of looking forward to being a little more actively involved in, in what we do with our farm and ranch and uh, some of the passions that Rocky and I both have for uh, soil health, yep. for... Uh, no-till farming for doing the right things with our land. I mean, we live on the homestead that Rocky's family homesteaded, and he's the fifth generation. Our daughters are the sixth, and our grandchildren are the seventh. Wow. And so, I mean, we've got a legacy there, and we want to just do the best we can with that whole operation. Um, I think he's really excited about me taking over all of the the yard and all of that kind of stuff yeah. that he's had to help that can with. Be fun, though, too. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, of course, I mean, my whole life has been involved around beef and food and nutrition. Mm-hmm. I don't see that changing. It'll. I'll just have a little different address and a little different focus. Yep. Um, you know, more personal. I actually can have my opinion now too on things. Uh, you know, because all of the jobs I've had in my life, you know, we we just did the promotion, research, and education activities for, well, dairy to begin with and then beef for the longest part of my life. Um, And, I mean, there are some things where, you know, maybe some political influencing. Uh, You know, my husband was involved in the legislature in North Dakota for three terms. And, uh, you know, so we've got some interest in that area. And I think the most exciting part, though, is that I'm a grandma. Yep. And I have three of the most cool grandchildren, a five-year-old little boy that challenges me every day because of the things he asks and the things he's interested in. And then I have two infant granddaughters, uh, oh, a three-month-old and a six-month-old. Oh, so, um, little buggers. Little, little ones, yeah. And so I'm already enjoying kind of being on call and being able to say, well, I think I've done enough at home today. I'm going to go to one of the girls' place and play with my grandchildren for a while. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but the, the friendships and the, you know, all of the associations that I've been, or the involved privilege with. to yeah. be involved with for times, um, you know, I'm still looking forward to being involved with those, but in a different capacity. Okay. Now, this is a very deep question. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um... <laughs> When it comes to legacy, it takes leadership. What do you want folks to remember in your prior job that you've done? What are you proud of? Oh, goodness. Um, I think one of the things I'm really proud of is that I feel like I was very, uh, oh gosh, what's the word? Instrumental in making good partnerships for the beef industry with health organizations.
organizations, with the medical community, with nutrition professionals, dietary guidelines, dietary guidelines all of those kinds recipes. of things. Yes, and cooking. Yes. I mean, that's still my passion. I, I love teaching people how to cook beef yep. and what to do with it and how to select it. And, and yep. I don't see that changing. Again, just a little different venue. Um, so I, I hope people remember that through efforts that I helped with at the Beef Commission that recommendations that you hear today from dietitians or physicians or health professionals, groups like that, um, <clears throat> are much more friendly towards beef because our producers have done great things. Yes. You know, from in the early 80s when I started working for the beef industry till today, we've seen, you know, our product change in the marketplace. Uh, you know, for a while we went really lean. Now we're back to, you know, more choice beef. Yep. Which is indicative of tenderness, of flavor, of yes. juiciness, all the things yes. that we enjoy and all the things that beef is. You need a little bit of fat. Well, a little bit, but we don't have the massive amounts that we used to. Yep. So when we look at lean cuts of beef, when we started measuring that in the later 80s, we had six lean cuts. We called them the skinny six. Okay. And we were so excited about being able to promote those cuts to the nutrition community so they'd realize that cholesterol, fat, all of those issues that were hot topics back then weren't really what they appeared to be and that we had a great product. Today we have close to 40 cuts of beef that qualify to be called lean by USDA guidelines. They're, they're delicious, they're tender, they have some marbling, and they're there to be enjoyed and not feel guilty about eating beef. The Northern Corn and Soybean Expo will take place this coming Tuesday at the Fargo Dome. We talked about the schedule with Stephanie Sinner of the North Dakota Soybean Council and some mini sessions that will be held at the event similar to what they do at Commodity Classic each year. Yeah, we are excited this year to offer two mini sessions. So for those farmers in the area and families that have traveled to Commodity Classic and had the opportunity to participate, uh, these are just kind of like, think of our main stage sessions, but in miniature. And so we'll have a small stage down on the trade show floor area where folks like to spend a lot of time and we have excellent vendors there again this year. And as part of that time on the trade show floor, we'll carve out a little time for the mini sessions. So one in the morning, uh, talking about, um, you know, being aware of what's going on with our noxious weed issues. So uh, we'll be focusing on Palmer amaranth and water hemp as those continue to be real challenges for our growers all across the state. Uh, so Dr. Joe Eichley and his team from NDSU Extension will, will be there covering that topic. And then in the afternoon, uh, back down on the trade show floor, uh, 245, a mini session, uh, perspectives on the 2023 Farm Bill. And so this ties in nicely with the work the associations do, both corn and soybean, and the importance of having advocates for, uh, for you as a farmer on policy, and those organizations work hard on that. So spend a little time talking about Farm Bill and what's going on there and what people need to be thinking about as that ramps up next, this year. North Dakota Soybean Council, North Dakota Corn Utilization Council, you do not lobby. However, 
you do educate. That's correct. So, um, so we, while we can't go out and ask for any specific vote or thing like that, which is in that lobbying camp, the checkoff was created uh, both for corn and soybean checkoffs uh, for research, promotion, uh, communications, market development, those sort of things. And so that's our focus at Expo is, is bringing in speakers from all these various areas that you maybe don't get to encounter on a regular day in North Dakota, mm -hmm. uh, some experts to come in and, and talk us through that. But yeah, the Farm Bill session will be education and learning and, and learning what is going to be top of mind as, as that process begins. Okay. Now, um, uh, the process to get registered and I mean this is a free event for growers yes yes uh, northerncornsoyexpo.com uh, pre-registration is open we really appreciate those of you that, that can uh, get in there and register ahead of time it's good to have a head count it was really helpful <laughs> <laughs> really helpful um, and we'll have a name badge for you and have you have it ready for you at registration so uh, northerncornsoyexpo.com go in and register anytime uh, and it's February 14th uh, come in the morning, grab a grab a roll and a cup of coffee, and we will get going uh, at 8 o'clock with our first, first speaker. Speaking of the North Dakota Soybean Council, one of their missions is to expand markets by traveling the world and talking with global customers about U.S. soybeans. We visited with Jenna Beertness about a recent trip. We have actually had uh, several board members going overseas to various parts of Asia to work on marketing our North Dakota soybeans. We had Dan Spiekemeyer from Sheldon, North Dakota. He was overseas in Thailand uh, out just a few weeks ago. And currently we have Adam Redman from St. Thomas, North Dakota in Cambodia and Vietnam uh, working on marketing specifically soybean meal to feed millers in that region. Uh, and so Currently in North Dakota, there's not a whole lot of soybean meal, but give it a year or two or three, and we're certainly going to have a lot coming. Now, when you talk about soybean meal, that is a byproduct of soybean oil production as well, and several projects on the horizon there. So we need customers for that product. Correct, yes. The co-products of, of oil and meal, the oil in North Dakota is, is very well spoken for. It's the meal that we have to find a home for. And so even though we don't have it today, you have to start cultivating those relationships now so that they're there when you need them. So that's what Adam is doing overseas. We'll have more on this week's episode of the Agribiz Show, coming up in just a moment on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Agribiz Show. I'm your host, Rusty Halverson, on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. NDSU and the University of Minnesota hosted a Crop Advisors workshop this past week. We visited with Randy Zimmerman of West Central Ag Services about weather, markets, and planting expectations for the year ahead. You know, we started this um, a bull run about two and a half years ago. You know, once we started with the drought in North Dakota in 21, we started to see the markets rally in the June of that year. We continued that bull run through 22, and so far into 23, we're still seeing that kind of set up. And that's a long time to see a markets run at high levels. You know, we've and that's part of what's helped inflation, um, you know, build it. Uh, now, and also helped to increase our input costs. 
But we're also worried, like you said, how is this year going to stack up as far as production and where are we going to look at planted acres? That's going to be a big concern going forward because we're seeing an increase in the demand for soybeans because of the renewable fuels, the yep. diesel, and yep. because of uh, the sustainable aviation flu. So that's yep. starting to come into the marketplace, which is going to start increasing the vegetable oil markets and decreasing some of the other markets, which right now, which market gives up its acres? And that's something I think that the growers up here in the Northern Plains are going to have to address as we go through the next year, well, through this year and into next year. Yeah. Now, Randy, as you know, uh, a lot of the growers, especially in the Western, uh, Western regions that we cover, um, they can make their uh, planting decisions very late in the year. Um, some really, really good cash prep prices out there for some uh, dry edible beans and other things like that. Um, have you heard from some of your folks what they want to do? You know, not yet. I mean, the most, you know, of course, February is when we set our base price for crop insurance. So a lot of decisions will be made here now at the end of February once those prices get set. Mm -hmm. If you look at what the marketplace is, what the insurance is telling us is that we're likely going to see an increase in Durham acres because of the mm -hmm. high premium that Durham revenue re uh, price is carrying over spring wheat. So we could see an increase in Durham makers in the western regions of North Dakota, okay. which would, you know, would like to see some canola in there, but it's replaced some of the spring wheat. That's kind of how things are stacking up right now. Okay. We also know that barley, uh, feed barley, or pr primarily pet food barley, has come on really strong and offering some good contracts. So those are going to be two of the markets that will be watching going forward. But then in the, once you get into the eastern half of North Dakota, you know, corn and beans are going to be the king. Yep. And... You know, right now it's going to be which one will get it. Now, soybean acres are going to see an increase in the Jamestown area because of the plant that's already buying. What are we going to see for the southeast? Will we see more corn or will soybeans also carry there? It was also Giving Hearts Day this past week. I talked with Dan Erdman of Farm Rescue about the farm and ranch families in crisis that they've helped this past year and how folks can help year-round. Uh, 2022 was an interesting year. If you remember, the spring was pretty wet for a while there. Yeah, wet and cold. It was. And so um, we didn't get to as many families as in the spring as we would have liked just because of all the weather delays and, you know, fewer acres for, for some of those families when we finally did get in the field. But I think all in all, between our planting, haying, harvesting, livestock feeding assistance, uh, we were up over 80 families uh, served through farm rescue assistance in 2022 and I think throughout our history we're pulling up pretty close to a thousand families served so tremendous impact uh, for, for a lot of families and a lot of communities. Now when it comes to how people can help in 2023 beyond giving hearts day um, people can donate throughout the year and the application periods uh, for folks who might need planting help or haying help that window has got to be coming up pretty soon. Absolutely. And again, as, as any nonprofit, we're, we rely so heavily on the generosity of others. And obviously, Giving Hearts Day is a, you know, a big deal for us and, and a lot of other charities. But um, again, we accept donations year-round. And, and if people feel called to support our mission, uh, again, just hop on our website. It's kind of the, a one-stop shop for everything Farm Rescue. The website's farmrescue.org. Uh, you can make a donation if you're a family uh, going through a crisis again whether it be through injury illness or natural disaster you can apply right there on the website 
Um, we rely very heavily on referrals from folks because of just so much pride that goes along with yep. farming and ranching, and, and sometimes it just takes a little nudge from a friend or a neighbor, someone in the community, to to reach out to us and, and let the, let us know of a, a situation with a, a family, and, and we can reach out to them and, and see if uh, assistance from Farm Rescue might benefit their operation. Again, that website is farmrescue.org. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the AgriBiz Show. I've been your host, Rusty Halverson, right here on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. KFGO.